When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero, welcome to the Sick Podcast on this Monday, April 17. It is one minute past 10 p.m. Welcome everyone who's watching on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live. And we are here. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And brought to you in part by La Bit Atibi. Brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bit TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. I've been wanting to get this gentleman on the podcast for a while, but he's a busy guy, and there are a few things to iron out, and it looks like we were able to pull it off. He is the former head coach of the Blainville Boisbriand Armada, the former head coach of the Laval Rocket, and the former head coach of the San Diego Gulls. He's a former NHLer, and today he is part of the Tivia Sport team. And I'm hoping that he can end up becoming a regular contributor to the Sick Podcast tonight. He makes his debut, and I know that he's going to kill it. As a matter of fact, it's going to be sick. Joel Bouchard. Ça va bien, mon Tony. Quelle présentation. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, respect is uh, is earned. It's not given. You've earned it, and that's why I show it. You know, Joel, when the Canadian season came to an end, there's a couple of things that went through my mind, and one of them was, well, you know what? For someone like me who does a podcast that is uh, centered around the Montreal Canadiens, I'm going to have to get creative here over the next two, two and a half months. 
When the season ended on Thursday night in that 5-4 loss versus the Boston Bruins, Martin St. Louis said, okay, goodbye to the media. This is it. I'm going to do one more post-game, and it's over. But then the next day, as the players cleared their lockers, I'm sure he had a quick chat with all of them. So now I'm saying, you know what? I want to talk to somebody who's been there before, mm-hmm. ideally as a player and ideally as a coach. And I want to talk to somebody ideally who probably was within the Canadians organization once upon a time. And even though this is a different management group can kind of probably pretty much tell me how it goes down and tell the listeners and the viewers how it goes down. So one of the things I want to do tonight is I kind of want to role play with you. And what I want to do is you're the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. You're Martin St. Louis for one night, but you can use the Joel Bouchard style. And I will be a different player. I'll walk into your room Mm -hmm. and you're going to tell me what you think. I might give you an answer if you want it. I don't know if you ask questions in return. Uh, But if you do, I'll give you an answer, uh, the one that comes to the top of my head, and we'll go from there. So let me start with this. These exit meetings, Mm -hmm. before we get to the players, how long do they last with players? And I would imagine every player is different. Tony, I'm uh, pretty excited to talk about it. I'll tell you why. Because it's always the same thing. You know, the season end, either if you don't make the playoff, usually um, coaches have time to prepare a little bit. Um, if you're in the playoff, you don't really have time to prepare because you're preparing for the playoff and then you're cut in the moment and you lose. And now it becomes like a bit of a, everybody's emotional, everybody's tired. Mm-hmm. Even Martin mm-hmm. was tired at the end of the season. So remember COVID happened, right? I mean, we've just won a big game against, and you know where, you don't know where I'm going right now, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you a little bit. So COVID happened. We won a big games against Belleville, which was a top team. We were a young team. Sold out at the Place Laval and, and Scott Millenby come down and said, Joel, I, I think we're going to shut down. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? We have like, mm-hmm. Cleveland coming in this weekend. And the next morning, John Sandwich called me and said, Joel, we're going to keep player off the ice. And now it just triggered from like 10 a.m. to say, hey, you know, it's 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 not going to, you guys are not going to skate today to send everybody home. We'll call you. So the why I'm Joel, I, I, I think, I think if I can, one second. You're breaking yeah. up a little bit. I think I'm hearing you kind of okay. robotic. I'm just wondering uh, if everyone else is as well or if it's just me that I'm hearing you robotic. Hold on a second. Um, maybe uh, maybe Sammy Agnello, uh, you can try and take uh, Joel back to the, the green room. Joel, talk again for a second. Can you hear me? Is I can better? hear you, yes. Yeah, it's just yeah, it was a little it bit robotic or... at one point. Yeah, okay. it was a little bit of robotic at one point. But uh, now I think it's better. Yes. Okay. Let's okay. keep talking. Let's see how it so, goes. Yeah. The, the reason why I tell you this, Tony, is that we couldn't talk to the player. There was no exit meeting. So we all took off, went home. And like, you know, we just were like staying home and waiting and waiting and waiting. So I did the exit meeting two months after the season when we were shut down. And it, those were the best exit meeting I've ever had. So the way it goes, it's, 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 it's right after the season, a lot of emotion, not much set back. The COVID year was perfect because we all had time to think about it and, and, and reset and refresh. And so, so from now on, my exit meeting will be a little one at the end of the year and a bigger one later on, you know, 
a couple of months or something to think so so but most of the people they do it right after the season and i'll uh, play yeah. along with you but i thought it was it was something that i've really liked is to have a bit of the perspective with a player you know when he's the motion is down and everything and and to talk so when we did that when i did it during COVID, i spent like 30 to 40 minutes with a player and and you were asking how long it goes well in that format that martin did it all depends it could be pretty quick uh, it could be it's a, it's a long day you get tired as a coach so I'm not, I'm not i don't think those are the best meeting but as a coach tony you always have three or four that you don't want to miss you know that two three or four guys that you know you're like you know what i'm I'm, I'm going to bear down on this guy or I'm going to really make sure like we understand each other. For some others, you kind of just, if you know, like a guy's free agent or he's not going to be coming back and you, you still want to be nice and talk. But so that's why there's a bunch of different vibe uh, when, when those meeting comes around at the end. Mm-hmm. And it all depends how the season went. And, you know, I've had it with the Armada where guys were crushed. We just lost in the final and it's just like guys were emotionally drained so it, it's a different obviously kind of meeting but um i i just wanted to put a little bit of information out there yeah. to people to say that it's, it's all kind of different but we'll, we'll do the habs for sure okay so let's just say yeah you were coaching the montreal canadians the season comes to an end april 12 13 whatever it is the next day you talk to a couple of players but in your world you'd probably make a couple of weeks, maybe even up to a month go by and then talk to a couple of other players? Is that no. what you're saying? No, I would talk to all the players, but okay. I would probably ask question or have them talk and say, let's let's revisit in a, in a month or in a couple okay. of months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. think about it. Instead of being like more of a, like sometimes you can say stuff to player. I think it's good that they sink it back in. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah. get a, you know, kind of plan the seed a little bit and hey think about it we'll talk and so it, it, the way i do it is always touch back um after a month okay. or about the okay. conversation so let's say these exit meetings that Marte had on friday mm-hmm. how would they go down in terms of order is there any kind of strategy whatsoever as mm-hmm. to who he wants to get to first and who he wants to get to last it could be all different but usually like you know a trainer would would put a hours down meaning like 10 o'clock 10 15 10 30 like a 15 minutes or a 10 minutes window and then a player would have to come get their gears and have an exit medical and so there'd be a bunch of other things meaning the coach but usually veteran would be there's a bit of pick and order right veteran will go put the time they want and then yeah. whatever is left is is our rookies or it all depends if somebody has to leave for a flight or something to go to the world championship or so it could be different but uh usually the, the veteran kind of have you know i could see uh shea weber a couple of years back being the first one to write i'll be there at nine o'clock and then everybody yeah. else kind of waiting until she's done and then other veteran and munston will put his name so usually that's how the order goes and the coach Sometimes you get the list, sometimes you just, you know, there's a knock on the door. Assistant coach get involved a lot with getting players and yeah. and, uh, and and bringing them in. Okay, so let's start with a veteran here. We'll do it this way, and we'll go by position. This way it's easy for everyone watching via YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live. First one who knocks on your door, I walk in, I'm Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
first always like i would say hey jake how you doing how's it doing doing good coach how you doing yeah we haven't i would already start because you know you've uh, been uh banged up a bit this year and i've been busy coaching the team and doing so so how do you feel like the injury came about and talk to me about the injury i want to see where you're at where's you at where your head's at Yeah, it's just uh, one of those injuries that I got over the course of the year, Coach. And you know what? I really wanted to help the team win. I tried to play through it. Unfortunately, I aggravated the injury. Uh, I've noticed as I'm getting later on in years in my career that I'm not recouping normally as fast as I would have. But you know what? I'm very disappointed with the way the season went. I expect more from myself. I, uh, I will get myself ready for next year. And I want to bounce back next year, and I want to help us to lead this team into the playoffs next year, Coach. And and I think that's where, you know, as a coach, and I just got to break out, is that you kind of have to tell the player that there's a lot of emotion sometimes when you don't have the season you want and stuff, and, and you get to validate the attitude. And I would say to Jay, say, hey, listen, we, we know you're professional. That's why we signed you. Uh, we know you care. You've been great to Monty. He's been having a great season, and you're part of this. I know it's unfortunate. Um, as athletes, we always, you know, try to perform the best we can, but you've been banged up a little bit. And at times, we got to be better in front of you. So it's not only one thing. I wouldn't want you to bang your head on the wall because I know you're a good guy. I know you're a hard worker. Um, but I respect that you expect more from yourself also, and that's why we signed you. That's why we like you. Um May first thing first, just get that injury out of the way. Uh, make sure you have all the resources you can to get back next summer, the next uh, next training camp, and get in shape this summer. And uh, Eric is there, the goalie coach. I mean, you guys have a great relationship. I mean, obviously, I leave goalie alone most of the year, but we know it's never a lack of caring. We know it's never a lack of of wanting. Uh, I think we we all can get better. And I'm glad that you're, uh, you know, your your assessment of the situation and your maturity show us that you're a guy that we like having around. And and and, and obviously, Tony, this is like I know Jay Callen from the junior days, and I know yeah. how much the Habs likes him, and and doesn't need much. They don't need to tell us. Like this is a character that we know that's a professional, and they've resigned him for two years. If he was a bit of a schmuck, they would have never done that, right? So yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm extending a little bit of the thing that I think I know, but I don't really know. But I'm pretty I sure that I'm close to where uh, uh, Marte and the staff, or what the organization think of Jake Allen, because it's pretty transparent that he's he's been a good soldier and a good help to Monty and Eric Raymond and, and the organization and, and what's asked of him. It's just been injured, you know. All right. So now uh, the next guy coming in is going to be Samuel Montembeau, a guy that the coach said at the midway point of the season, Jake Allen is my number one. It was in Montembeau. And that seemed to light a fire under Samuel Montembeau, who spent the second half of the season really taking his game to another level. So I knock on the door. I'm Samuel Montembeau. And I walk in. Hey, Sam, have a seat. Thanks, Coach. How are you feeling? Good? I'm feeling good, Coach. I mean, I would have loved to make the playoffs. I mean, losing sucks, but, uh, you know, I, I, I had a season this year that I, I think is encouraging, and I look forward to taking it to another level next season, Coach. Yeah. What do you think was the big difference for you this year versus maybe last year or the past year? 
came to camp ready, uh, came to camp with more experience. Um, I knew I was going to have to be at my best. And, uh, you know, Jake provides really, really good competition. And I'm at a point in that in my career where I really want to be number one coach. And then, you know, I was ready every night. Okay. Yeah, you did well. What, what are you going to do? What's your plan? What's next for you? Well, I, I, I talked to Eric, the goalie coach, and he told me certain things that I have to work on. And for me, there's no rest, coach. The work starts tomorrow. And unless I've misheard, you're going to go to the World Championship? I am, uh, and I'm looking forward. You know, it's uh, for me, the season ended too early, very unfortunately, here in the second week of April. I want to keep playing. Uh, I, I think, the, you know, the more pucks I stop, the more action I see, the better it's going to be for me. But I have a question for you, Coach, if you don't mind. Based on what you saw from me, are there areas of my game that you think I really need to improve? And if so, what are they? What do you see? Well... This is where I don't know if Martin is going to say something about it, rely to his goalie coach. Personally, I would say, um, as I always say to especially goalies, is that, you know, consistency, work ethic, um, and still improve on every little detail. I do think that Monty has improved a lot, but I wouldn't go too far in some technical, especially because now I... I don't know what they've talked about, but I would doubt that Monty would ask that question. I think that, you know, he would probably not go that route. I think uh, rarely guys would ask stuff like that, especially goalies to a head coach because they have their goalie coach. But if would he it, did... Would, uh, Joel, would a defenseman ask you, ask you yeah. knowing that you're a former NHL defenseman? Yeah, forward and D-men could ask, but by that time in the season, they know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if if he sits in front of me and he says, what do you think I need to improve? I'm going like, I didn't do my job. Because <laughs> yeah. we've worked on the stuff that's been kind of slowing him down in his progression or slowing him down in his growth. So, so I mean... Is it, it possible he could ask something like this? You know, Coach, at the midway point of the season, I know I wasn't your number one. Um... Did I win that job by the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, knowing Monty, because I know him very well, he's never going to ask that. He's not going to ask that. No, but there is there is player sometimes that could. What, what, what's the plan for me next year? You know, so, I mean, I've heard that in 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 the, in the past, and and my response has always been the same. The plan for you is to be good and to play a lot. Well, do you think I can be on the first line? Damn right, you can be on the first line, but you gotta have to be good. So, I mean, usually player knowing me and the relationship we built, um, they know they won't go a certain way about it because they're like, unless it's a guy that comes for the last week of the season, they know how I work and they know how I, you know, structure thing. But I do, I did have some player Um, mostly when they get cut, to be honest, not in the year-end meeting, but mostly when players get cut to some time at the beginning of the season or would ask you know, a little dicier question. And yeah. If you deal with pro, like Tony, is that there's a lot of contract situation that coaches will not discuss, right? So I understand, yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're locked into a lot of areas where the players are older. They know. They wouldn't ask position on like, well... Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing. If a player is a group two or he's going to become a free agent, 
those conversations are not the same in the American League as they are in the NHL, right? There's an agent in the middle. There's a mm-hmm. bit of a, a, a negotiation. So the coaches is not going to go too far and too deep into some discussion with some player, obviously. With Monty and with Jake, well, they're both signed. They're positional guy that has, it's pretty clear that they're going to be back with the Habs next year now. Mm-hmm. Who's going to play more? It leads to where Mon- Monty right now. Things can change, but... It would be more of different conversation, but they still be a little bit of a just kind of yeah. feeling together. I, I have a feeling that it's going to be tough to get to all the names. All right, so I'm going to yeah. I'm going to skip some, and I'm going to try and get to some of the important, more important players on the team. But let's go with defense. What would you say to Michael Matheson? Well, I would say thank you because I think he's 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 been just wonderful on the ice and off the ice. He's been banged up, but even through this, um, I think he's been a trooper. He's been a leader. Um, it showed. And as much as sometimes we want to, you know, don't show too much emotion or or we we still have to appreciate as coaches when players give their all or invest in what we do. And he's been he's been surprising to me. I'm not gonna lie. I mean. I like what I saw last year in, in Pittsburgh. I thought it was a bit of the Pittsburgh Kool-Aid they drink there with the you know with Latin and all those guys where yeah. Sid is in charge. But I gotta be honest, he's, he was great with the Habs. I mean, he's not a number one defenseman for me in the, in a good team, uh, but he's a perfect guy for what the Habs are trying to do right now on and off the ice. So that's pretty much what I would share with him. I don't think I would yeah. get into. It all depends the relationship and how the guy is, but. You know, I mean, Robbie does work with him. There's still area where, you know, you always want to improve. But that would be a very genuine discussion for a guy that's that's been a great acquisition. And um, maybe I would use a guy like Medicine to get information on some, some things. Like I would need to know, like, during that stretch, do you think that, you know, it was a... Could we've done something different, or mm-hmm, and you can mm-hmm. keep that conversation for later on. Depends how things are, but when you have a guy like that, sometimes you can feel you can feel out, you know, uh, a couple of things if you didn't do it already during the season. But. Out of the young defensemen, out of Caden uh, Gooley, out of Jordan Harris, out of uh, Justin Barron, out of uh, Arbor Jacki. If if I would tell you that you know what uh, the one out of the four that you really want to talk to because you, there's a real there's a big message you want to put out there or there's something you want to say to them who would you choose and why and what would you say? Well, their personality would have a lot to do with it. Meaning that if I feel one is more inclined to be um, loosey loose or you know kind of mm-hmm. casual or something like that. Because they've been banged up and injured. I know Gooley is yeah. going to be a real profit. So I would obviously talk to all them. But Jack I would be the guy that, you know, I like a lot. I like he. I think he's coming from from far, uh, you know, yeah. in, in where he is now. But I would I would sit down and ask him how he see things and stuns done well. And I, I would like to see how he evaluates his game. Because Tony, one of the things that's very important is that's why I let the player talk sometimes, like about like what they see a lot and stuff. Because when the player has a great assessment of where he is, where he should be, or a great evaluation of himself, this says a lot about his growth, about his adjustment, about a lot of things. So obviously they know Jack I more than I do. 
but I'd still like to have probably a talk with him and, and, and see how, you know, in the time that he was there, just to have his impression. And I've had interviews sometime where Tony, the guy, left the room like, wow, this guy is not knowing that he doesn't know what's going on. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's a good player, but his assessment of his game is uh, like a player to, oh, yeah, I think I work hard. I think I was good on my details. I'm like, ooh, but you, you, didn't, you didn't work that hard. Like, let's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. well, yeah. So, but when you get to the pro and especially to the NHL, it's a different thing. But uh, when they're a young player, it's always nice to see how did they pursue themselves what they think they can get better. So those are more interesting conversation uh-huh. that maybe, you know, when you get with a, with a, with a Madison or even at Edmondston, let's say Edmondston was in my office. Like, yeah, I think he was not very good this year, to be honest. I think he uh-huh. struggled with injury. If I, you know, there's definitely a lot of behind the scene that we don't know about like the situation, like how healthy was he when, and you know, he missed a lot of hockey, but, I don't think you can sugarcoat it, you know. I mean, you mm-hmm. probably ask. I would ask Edmondson, how how do you think it went? And he'd probably be, uh, I wasn't very good. And okay, well, what do we do now? Like, you know, we like. Would you, would so. you would you ever be more direct with a player who didn't have a good year or that you weren't satisfied with their work ethic? So, for example, let's just say uh, you weren't happy with Mike Hoffman and or Jonathan Joy. Would you? really want to tell them at the end of the year that you were disappointed with their work ethic or would you always have the same approach and just ask them what they thought of their season and 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 not really go too strong on them well i mean with joe i, I think joe tried his best i think with joe is going to be free and what would he do nothing absolutely nothing um if i had a young player that you know it was a little entitled let's say it was a little uh, first round pick that was it's not good enough and you know we already got to get some weight and always oh, been out of shape for the last two years and you got to get in shape i could get a message across and that's very important to do it because you want no gray zone and in my my life there's no gray zone what about two? so the player knew exactly what the expectation was during the season and they knew at the end of the year what it was for the year after but you have to remember that uh, there's some veteran and there's contract situation that I'm sure a coach would be like, okay, Hoffman, we're trying, like, why why would I get in conversation with him if we're trying to move him or we're not going to, you know, yeah. but if I knew there's a young guy, Tony, that we'd like, yeah. let, let's say uh, a, a first round pick and, 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 uh, and uh, I don't want to say name because I don't have anybody that I wouldn't know. But if I know, I say, not good enough, not in great shape at camp. I need better. I would give him his numbers. I mean, I've I've give his numbers. I'd say, hey, this is what I'm expecting you to come at training camp next year. I mean, Jake Evans. When we cut him the first year, I got him a tarp, a tarp to shoot puck. I was like, I like you. You got to play in the NHL, but you don't have a good of enough of a shot. I said, you got to shoot 500 pucks a day. Here's a tarp, and he was laughing. Obviously, it was a joke, wow. but he got the point. Not good enough. I was like, yeah, because all year I was telling him, you know. You, you got to be shooting harder, and I was teasing him, yeah. and he he knew he knew, but I just wanted to make sure at the end of the, at, of of the, of the meeting that he knew. So with Alex Burrows, we got him like a shooting tarp and say, "Go get those." And he did actually. You know what he did? He came to camp. We we noticed it, and he was so proud of it. He's like, "Coach, you see my shot now?" He's like, yeah. "Hey, it's coming a little quicker." He's like, "A little." So 
you have to get your message across because you don't yeah. want to waste those three, four months, Tony. Think about it. If you're shy as a coach, you say, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it. And then all of a sudden he comes to camp. Is that the same thing? You're losing as a coach. The player is of losing. Yeah, it has to be clear message if there's a message to be sent. Now, on your example, I think they're just stuff if they're not part of the future. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. want to be hard on a okay. guy. That's so let's like, do this. Let's do this. And okay. uh, look, I know your time is limited. As a matter of fact, tomorrow night you're leaving, right? Where are you yeah. going? Uh, uh, why don't you tell the audience where you're going? Yeah, I'm going to the U18 tournament in Switzerland, Basel, because uh, a lot of prospects are there. So I'm going to go see it for TVS Sport. Uh, we're going to do the draft with Alex Picard and Elisabeth Rancourt uh, live in June. And uh, I'm going to scout some of the top prospects. They're all there. It's the last showcase. All the general manager that can be there or Ed Scout yeah. and it's all going to be there. So there's a there's the last viewing and a very high-end tournament. So uh, I'm going to scout uh, a lot of players. already got some, uh, some tips and some roster the last couple of days. So I'm going to be there for a week. Good. All right. So let's try and do this as quickly as we can. Yeah. Give me out of all the forwards, okay, I'm going to rattle off some names, and I'm going to ask you in the end to choose five forwards that you'd want to talk to, and maybe okay. you'll give me 30 seconds on each one, okay? Yeah. So Let's I'm going to rattle off some names, and then once I'm done, you tell me who are the five you want to talk to. Okay. Nick Suzuki, Kirby Dock, Cole Caulfield, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, Yuri Slavkovsky. I would definitely talk to Slavkovsky, obviously. Um, and I would really need to go what we talked about, see what did he think he needs to get better. Like, I want to see how we saw the game and stuff that needs to be improved. And, you know, I really would need to have a bit of a perspective of where he is in his head from his play this year, but where his play should be and what's going to bring him success. And Okay, let me and, let me give it my best shot, okay? I walk in, I'm Uri. Let's try and do this. Hey, Uri, have a seat, Ken. Hi, Coach. Thank you. So, I wish you would have played a little more this year because, you know, it would have been great. But even in the short period you had with us, like, what was the biggest surprise for you, you know, stepping up to the day? It's a big step. Like, what was the biggest surprise? Yeah, Coach, my biggest surprise, I think, was uh, the amount of time and space. There's not a lot of it, Coach, you know. Like, I, I realized that uh, there was little time and space. I realized it from game one, and, you know, my reaction time is going to have to be quicker, you know. there's uh, It's the best league in the world, and I definitely want to play in it. And uh, I think I was getting better with each and every game, but unfortunately my season was cut short due to injury, and, you know, I wish I would have played 82 games, but in the end, I ended up playing 39. But, I, you know, I watched, I learned, I saw how fast the game is. And, you know, I'm confident that next year I'm going to know what to expect this time around because I lived it. Yeah, we're confident, too. We know you care. We're going to be with you every step of the way. Uh, you're a rarity in the NHL. You're a big body. It takes time. Uh, I'm glad you saw that and we knew that was going to happen a little quicker. Uh to adjust to the NHL, everything will need to be better. But when it does, you could be, you know, a big part of this team. And obviously, we have work to do with you, but you have work to do also. It's a teamwork, uh, and it's gonna take some times, and it's gonna take some times. But we're gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna find a way to maximize together. 
everything. And when the reason why we do that conversation is that kid's got to be a little shaked up a little bit. Like he first overall, he comes in, wasn't a dominant effort, although I thought he was engaged and he tried. He didn't have the solution all the time to be effective. Um, and I wouldn't want to shake him up more, you know what I mean? Especially missing and stuff. But I would want to make sure that you have a structure and a plan and, and that he becomes the best athlete that he comes at camp and they have all the numbers they know what he where he should be that's why the Habs have you know all those laboratory and they know all the yeah. so I, I would, Joel, I Joel be speaking of numbers speaking of numbers what are your thoughts on what Danny Dubé had to say that he says 240 for Euros is way too much he believes it's too much for hockey players he believes you know what to be more explosive he's gonna have to drop at least 20 pounds Does yeah, his weight concern you at all? I have to look at the body composition because, you know, there's guys that, like it's too heavy. Some guys, it's just their body. And I mean, if he's uh, he's got an 18% body fat, damn right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he's got baby fat, I agree. If he's at like 10 uh, body fat, um he's got you know a size on him like what are you going to tell him like let's let's chunk uh you know there's guys that are just like specimen and they're just heavy and they have those big ties and they have those that big ass and they just kind of they're heavy i mean we've all saw it so yeah yeah i don't think it's not fair for me to say he has to come to this way to this way because i didn't see his his body comp but i do agree that sometimes some player we say hey buddy slack off on the weight a little bit and lose a few pounds because you'll be faster and tony i was one of those guys i was like 210 at the beginning of my career in hl i was really thick i was lifting a lot of weight i was very strong to realize that i didn't need to be that heavy and i played my best hockey at 192 195 towards my wow. second half of my career i was still strong not as strong but i didn't need to be and i was uh, i was a little leaner Um, and I felt I was, I was more agile. I was more, but that was for my body composition and, and me. I mean, um, I wasn't, I wasn't chunky by any means at 210, but it was way too thick. Um, he's a big boy. He's a lot bigger than I am. Um, and me, if I look at weight, I start, my muscles start to, <laughs> I would do yeah. pipes for two days and they would buckle up. So I kind of back off from that. Um, and I don't know him, so I cannot say, but. Heavy is not necessarily stronger. This is the one thing that I played with some guys that were like 185 and they were like strong on the puck. I played with some guys that were like 210 and they weren't that strong on the puck. Uh, it, it, it's, 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 it would be another conversation, but yeah. it wouldn't be fair for me to say. Would you want to speak to veterans like Jonathan Drouin and or Brendan Gallagher? Drouin, whose contract was up at the is up mm. at the end of the year, and in all likelihood, it doesn't look like he'll be back. Gallagher, who's got four more years on a deal that everyone is saying that unfortunately it's way too much money, and the contract is an albatross. Would you like to speak to either of them? Yeah, if I mean, you I had would, the choice, I would, I would. I would like to speak to all of them because I think so. But I know what you mean. Like, is there one yeah, that yeah. you would say? I mean, to Gal. Everybody that's coming back, I would talk to Galley. Because yeah. Joe, I talked to him, but I don't think he's coming back. Or, I hear you. you know, I so, hear you. Yeah. So, so yeah. but Galley, obviously, I, 
I would really need to have is where he is in his head. I think this is some of the most important thing. As much as we're disappointed, Tony may be into to Galley. He's been a trooper. The guy's style of play is is demanding, and he has one dimension, and he gets banged up. So I would I would need to know like what where's his frame of mind, and I'm sure he's aware. So I'll do anything I can, coach, this summer. And at the end of the day, he signed for four years. Like I said, what are you gonna yeah. do? And it's not like like. I think Galley's just taking it easy and he's not, you know, taking care of his body or, I mean, it, w it wouldn't be something like that, I wouldn't think. So you kind of have to, just to see where he's at. If he's really down, let's say Tony yeah. comes in and say, hey, you know what, coach, I'm, I'm and I have had that, like, hey, yeah. how are you? And some guys, you could go to a different way. One guy say, you know what, I know I've been hurt, but I'll be back. I, I know what I need to do. It's been a strain of bad luck, but I'm yeah. positive. Things are, and there's other guys coming, coach, what, sh what should I do? So, so yeah. same situation too. Yeah. So it would be more for me to see where it is in his mind. Would you ever? Would you ever tell a player like that where you see him next year if you actually don't see him in a top line? Like, no. would you ever say this is what's realistic, or you would never do that because no? Because I don't know what's going to happen in three, four months, and I never go negative or go on setting a player where uh, or try to let's say let's say implanted to his brain in in may or in april that oh well by the way next year you're gonna have a bit of a lesser part it's just bring him a negative to conversation that doesn't need to be um if i need to spark a guy or put a dynamite you know up you know where and i'll do yeah. it in some way if like i said a young guy or a situation or attitude problem or something like that but again that should be done during the year you know Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I when you. I when I go see minor hockey and I see player acting a certain way game game one, I go okay. Yeah. When I see it game thirty, I'm like shame on the coach. Like it shouldn't be happening game thirtieth. Like uh, yeah, things should be tight. So, but I still need to see where they're all in their you know their frame of mind and 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 that's why I said Tony, it's good to take yeah like, to, to let him talk, to hear him out, to maybe say a few words, see how he reacts, and then a month and a half later. Probably a stupid question because I've never been through it, obviously, but I'll ask it anyway. Would it ever happen? Would there ever be a situation where you would bring in two at a time? Like, would that ever yeah. make sense? Like, for example, would you consider bringing Caulfield and, Caulfield and Suzuki in together because you want them to know that you see them together and they're a big part of your team and they're going to, they're gonna, you know, run your offense for the next six, seven, eight years? Would would that I, ever be possible? I um, I think it happened in the season. It could happen in the season, and you know, in, in times. And I'm not saying I've never done it. I'm just saying it's not possible. It's not a dumb question. It could be three, four guys. It could be the leadership. If you have a you know a point you want to come across, let's say. And I'm not saying it's that, but it could be like you said with with Gooley and and you know what, guys, this year's as much as everybody thinks we're great, not good enough. I'm going to crank it up next year. If you want to spend it, if you want to say a message that you're going to be in three months and you want them to know that, you know, just so you're not surprised next come next September, we're going to raise the stake a little bit. So, so as much as we like you, you're great. You're awesome. We love you. You're the best. Just, just know that next year, when you see me a little more on some of the point that I think are important, we're not going to be surprised. I've not done it that way, but I could be done if you have a message to prepare them for something. And like you said, to say, hey, you're the... But 
it's their moment to be by themselves with the coach. But I, I don't think it's something that I'm sure if you ask around an NHL coach or another coach would tell you, I've done that one year. I remember because yeah. of particular situation, it has to be very particular. Yeah. So, you know, when you said that, um, that, you know, players may ask, you, you know, where you, where you think I can be better or what do you think I need to work on? Um, would it happen that you, if you thought maybe a player didn't quite connect with you, that maybe you would ask the player what you can do in terms of your coaching or in terms oh, of you know, your communicating so that you guys can probably hit it off better next year type of thing or what you think you, you know, do you think I did anything wrong? Would you have liked me to handle you a different way? Does that happen? Tony, 100% that could happen. Uh, I'd like the coach, I would do it before the end meeting because I'd like to make sure that he performs before. <laughs> so I'd like yeah, to have yeah. that talk in November, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It could be something that could be say, hey, I, I tried a few things with you. Didn't seem to get you going as much as you could. Like, help me out here because we, we like you. Or Yeah, it could be a discussion that you could have 100%. And I would definitely have it if I feel... But I would like to believe, Tony, that it's not a year meeting. I'd like to say, believe that I would do it way before that. I mean, yeah. I tried stuff with player and I'm like, ooh, that doesn't work with him. And then, then I'm like, okay, well, let's try something else. And at one point, I'll bring in him and say, hey, dude, what do we do here? Like, I want you to play better and help me out, help you. And, you know, it happened with some guys where we like, okay, well, squeeze me in the neck. So there's a couple of guys that I, you know, instead of saying something, then I would just squeeze in the neck and they like, I get the point. I think that's where, as a coach, you build your relationship with your player. And the year-end meeting, it's more of a... But where, where you said something was important, Tony, I think it was bang on, is to say, when a player asks you where I think I should improve, uh, especially when you talk with young guys and, and, and American League guys or guys that are young, if a skating is deficient, like you're really going to press that skating, like power skating. And I think teams now have, most of them have people in charge of development yeah so a lot of times they are involved in especially in american league but even in hl mm -hmm. but i always tell people and alex burroughs was great in it. it's like invest in your career man invest in your career it's the time hire a skill coach hire a skating coach i maximize your time that you're going to be training to have the best people helping you and it's an investment in Alex Burroughs was one of sure. if you if you end up uh, carving a 12 or 13 year career you're going to make at least a million dollars a year well, uh, it's worth the investment okay think about it tony any businessman will tell you i need to reinject x amount of money or a percentage of my revenue or profit or they all have a different way but a yeah. lot of everybody believes into okay i got to get 5% back into technology i got to get like whatever but it's the same thing in sports. You know? Yes, you're right. I heard some player that says, I got to invest $100,000 on my body. And I won't mention the name because I don't want to. But he told me, I have to find a way to invest $100,000 in my body every year. Well, that's a lot of money. But think of And he had a great career. And what did he have? The best massage. He had the best food. He had the best. And at the end, he was right. You know, it's, well, it's, keeping... well, it's well documented that Nathan McKinnon invests an awful lot of time and money into strength and conditioning coaches, nutritionists, uh, you know, just experts that are following up on him all the time. I mean, he, you know, he's very selective of what food goes into his body and, you know, what the quality of the food, too. He's got people helping him. So uh, Nathan yeah. McKinnon's one of those players who invests yeah. a lot. Joel, this has been a lot of fun. We went over time. I'm sorry. 
Ah, uh, I okay. tend to talk a lot. Uh, I, like once again, I know you're busy. I do appreciate your time very much. Do me a favor. You're going to scout these kids in Switzerland. You're doing it for TV Aspar. You're going to be there at the draft that's going to take place in Nashville later on in June. Between now and the draft, will you join us to talk to us about some of these kids that you're going to scout? 100%. Give me a few beaucoup. weeks after, we'll do it. All right. Thank you very Take much. Safe travels Bye. tomorrow. Very much appreciate your time. Have a great night. Thanks. There you have it. Joel Bouchard, former NHLer, former coach with the Laval Rocket, the San Diego Goals recently, and, of course, uh, Blainville, uh, the Armada, uh, Armada of Blainville, Boisbriand. That was a lot of fun. Hey, speaking of fun, the NHL playoffs are here. Uh, of course, tonight was night number one. Carolina, 2-1 winners over the Islanders. Take a one-game-to-nothing lead. Boston, 3-1. They beat Florida. One-game-to-nothing lead. Uh, 19 minutes left in period number two. Minnesota is up 1-0 in Dallas. And the Edmonton Oilers, with eight minutes to go in period number one, lead the Los Angeles Kings by a score of 1-0. On that note, we have a uh, playoff bracket pool. All right? Playoff bracket pool. This is what it looks like. It's brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, where you can feel the energy, all right? Join our NHL playoff bracket pool. We've extended it, even though tonight is the first night, okay? We've extended the deadline a little bit. Let me bring up uh, Sammy and Agnello here, if I can, for a second. Let me bring them on. Sammy and Agnello, are you there? <clears throat> there they are. What's up, Tony? What are we going to give in terms of a deadline? Uh, it's tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. Tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Eastern? Yep, 5 p.m. All right, okay. So uh, this is what the winner is going to win. And now all you got to do is just choose which team will win, okay, all the way up until your Stanley Cup winner. And then they might ask you like a bonus question, the amount of total goals that will be scored in the final or whatever, okay? Whoever wins first place... And if there's somewhat of a two-way tie or a three-way tie in yellow, uh, what we'll do is, uh, you know, we'll, anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But in the end, there's going to be a winner. If it's a two-way tie, it's a two-way tie. But the winner or winners will get some sick swag. And we're going to put them up on the video just the way we put Joel Bouchard up. And they're going to be able to co-host the sick podcast with Tony Marinero with myself. At a date to be determined, we're going to go on for about 30 minutes. Does that sound good? Yep. Sounds like a million bucks. Love it. Unfortunately, it's not a million bucks, though, <laughs> but, um, you know, we can't afford the million bucks. But maybe, you know what? And then, you know, I would love for one day for us to be able to afford it, and the winner would get a million dollars. But in the meantime, no, the winner's going to get six swag and a chance to co-host at a date to be determined, a date that we will uh, figure out together. All right. All right. Uh, On that note, uh, we have our guy. Yes, we do. He's waiting. All right. Six sports cards. Six sports cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. Oh, yeah. Six Sports Cards is presented by Sport La Tornade, Sports Cards, Collectibles, and more. Visit the store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil-Dorion. What's going on, Chris? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. What's new at the store? 
Well, what's new at the store right now is uh, we've been working a lot on our website. So we encourage a lot of people to visit our website now that we have more things on there at www.spalatornade.com. And we now have a feature. You can enter the uh, code SICK for 10% off uh, what your purchase is on our website. Okay. So we do have, uh, we do have a SICK podcast uh, feature in there. Okay, we, good. We've uh, we've also added in our store uh, a memorabilia section where we're going to be selling more and more signed pucks, signed jerseys, signed hats, signed photos, uh, stuff like that. So we, I attended uh, in the last three weeks. I've ex- uh, attended some uh, a lot of uh, private signings, public signings with uh, Montreal Canadiens players. So now you can get autograph stuff i was able to get i was with jordan harris uh three weeks ago and then we did jack eye and just this past weekend pizzetta and we also have we're gonna have in store coming up soon um i i have confirmed that we will be having Caden Gooley at the store so we will make an event of it uh the date for that is going to be determined but we will bring you Caden Gooley to spalette on that Oh, that's pretty awesome. All right. The website that you talked about putting together, uh, uh, will you be able to order from the website? So for those who are watching, if they want to order, can they order from the website or will, they, will there be a link to one of your web yeah. stores? You can, you, can, uh, you can order right on our website. Uh, we're going to start putting up the memorabilia stuff on our website this week. Right now, it's, uh, it's all our sealed boxes of uh, hockey cards and, and uh, every other sport. But uh, upon the checkout, if you use the code SICK, you'll get your 10% rebate. Fantastic. Hobby news. Do you have any? So, uh, yeah, just just before the – I forgot to mention that this is the uh, Upper Deck Series 2, 22-23. Uh, 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 it came Alexander out last week. Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. So, yeah, Alexander the Great, yeah. Speaking um, of which, uh, I, have a, I have a beauty. Can I show you something? Yeah, go ahead. Want to see my PJs? Hold on a second. <laughs> Look at that, huh? 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 They're falling off now. So what? So while he's gone, we're to talk about this series two here. The series two is the uh, the Slavkovsky Guli Jacki Young Guns in this year's crop. All right, I have a piece here in my home. That I, you know, I'd love to get autographed at one point. I want to show it to you. It's yeah. a canvas painting. Yeah. Very nice. That's beautiful. It's nice, eh? Yeah, it is very nice. Yeah, I really, really like it a lot. I is really that, like it a lot. Is that like a local painter, or you know someone? How did you get that? Um, so um, there's a gentleman. I'm trying to think of where I got this one exactly. Uh, damn, I'm probably I I got it I got it locally here in Montreal. I just don't remember where I got it right now. I apologize. Um, but anyway, I got my hands on this, and I don't remember how I got it, but I got it. 
Yep. And I have it here, and I said, you know what? I have to have this autographed at one point, and especially since it looks like he's going to break Gretzky's record of goals. That would be pretty cool. And I have something else, by the way, which I don't have. You know, it's in another room, so I don't want to leave the show again. But in Alex Ovechkin's second year, there was um, – there was. Um, I think he was using CCM vector skates and there was a press conference with CCM and all the members of the media that attended the conference. And by the way, there weren't that many. So I'm very happy that I went, got a skate that Alexander Ovechkin would be using in his second year in the national hockey league. And the skate was autographed and I, and I got it with a certificate of authenticity and the certificate actually ripped when I, oh, went, no. when I went, well, I, I, I still have the, the, the piece that's cut off, but when I went to go look at it the other day and like, I think what happened was when I moved the, the skate or the bag from one area to another, the skate actually probably went on top of the certificate and it kind of crumpled it a little bit. So now that certificate's a little bit ripped. If I ever wanted to sell that skate, and I don't think I will, but you know what? Never say never in life. Um, am I in a bad spot because that certificate was ripped? No, no. People are going to still take the certificate as long as it's not in a million pieces and it's it's legible. Like you, yeah. you'll still, you know. Obviously, the the big thing is you want to keep it until until he breaks the record. You don't want to sell yeah. it now. No, but, you're right uh, about. That. I was thinking of calling CCM to see if they could actually send me another certificate. They might, they might, they might, they might yeah. yeah. And uh, and then the, the big argument is he's going to break the record, but will McDavid beat his record one day? Yeah, you're right about that. The only problem is the person who signed the certificate used to work at CCM back then, doesn't work for them now. So, <laughs> that I mean, could be a problem. That, does that take away from the authenticity? No, no it doesn't. All right, no, okay. no, 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 anyway. So, so yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, so the hobby news, um. Yeah. So there's a lot of shows this time of year. So what's coming up is uh, I'm leaving on Thursday. I'm going to the Toronto show once again. That's the big show. Montreal show coming up May 11, 12. For anyone that's in the Montreal area, May 11, 12 at uh, Stade Igea. Uh, we'll be there with our booth. Um, also, there was a big, big show uh, called the Mint Collective uh, about two weeks ago in Vegas. And... There was like a bombshell that was dropped at the show. Um, all the big players were there and all the big graders. Everyone's heard of Beckett. So if you have yeah. hockey cards, everyone knows about Beckett. They do the, the grading of the cards and all this and that. Now, Beckett has fallen in the last couple of years, a couple of spots in the, in, the, uh, in the grading world to PSA and, and a couple other companies. So they're trying to regain and, and regain some, some ground. And they decided to make an announcement at the Mint Collective in Vegas that they were going to change their, their grading scale. Um, that made a huge backlash all over the internet. They got a lot of uh, feedback, negative feedback, um, to the point that 24 hours after the announcement, they had to take back their announcement they had to apologize and now have really stepped back and analyzed and and uh, like after apologizing 
they're now sending out surveys to big collectors and, and everyone in the hobby to see what they think and see they want feedback now because they they kind of put themselves in a bad spot uh -huh. and so this was a big this was big news for a lot of hobby people in the last two weeks so right now i want to like beckett is a, a bit of a mess right now so really anyone I yeah well it is but i, I have a feeling they're going to come out of this uh with all the all the attention they were getting even if it was neg even if it was negative i feel like in the long run mm -hmm. uh i have a feeling they're gonna win they're gonna they're gonna win some people and they're gonna make some good changes because yeah you know they 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 did they did ask for feedback they're getting a lot of feedback and hopefully mm -hmm. they make the right decisions going forward but that that would be the, my biggest news for the hobby in in the last month or so yeah so the look the um the uh, the NHL playoffs are going on right now, all right? In yeah. terms of those who want to buy, okay? In terms of those who want to buy. Yeah. Um, if someone's hot in these playoffs, okay? There's a player that has one of those John Drews type of playoffs or Chris Contos type of playoffs, all right? Yeah. And, and I'm watching them go, and I want to jump on the bandwagon and buy that player's card. Will the market like est establish itself right away? Will will like will, will you know like what I'm trying to say is, will the will the pricing adjust if you see a player that's hot? The pricing will adjust. So one of the biggest things in all of sports hobby is Stanley Cups and accomplishments, trophies, records, things like this. So if you see something that's about to happen, it's it's a lot. I, I, I tell to everyone, it's a lot like the stock market. You got to get it before everyone else gets it. And you got to jump on it while, it, while it's unknown or what you think it's going to do. Mm -hmm. So um, to wrap up the season, uh, at the end of the year, now, um, I think, what was it, Tuesday? When was the last day of the regular season? Um, it was determined who had the, who was last place, who was, who was 32nd, who was 31st in the league. And I saw the trend right away in the last three days. Uh, people are picking up Zegris. People are picking up Drysdale. People are picking up McTavish. These guys play for Anaheim because Anaheim yeah. finished last and they see Anaheim maybe potentially getting Bedard and they want to jump on the bandwagon now. Um that, Lucas, that's pretty, that's pretty smart, actually. It's pretty yes, smart. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lucas Reichel, Chicago, another yeah. one. Um, people are coming in and saying, I believe, you know, Chicago is going to have that pick. They're going to jump up to number one. I see Bedard playing with Lucas Reichel next year. That's where I'm headed. Um, then you go into the playoffs. So the playoffs is a whole other game. You So you take what the players done all season. And, and I put a few names here just to, just to ask what you think about this. Uh, a player like Jack Hughes. Uh, his, play, his play this year, he went up. All his, his cards actually went up. He had a my great, my, great season. My, my neighbor bought his rookie card, a PSA 10. He got it for $350. And I'm That's thinking to myself, 
That's a good deal. Three hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for a Jack Hughes is a good deal. Yeah, I should have jumped on that bandwagon. I should have. So, so this is, but but wait, wait. Let me explain. Jack Hughes had a great year. Um, so people were buying them at about four twenty-five. I even saw up to four fifty uh, about a month ago because you know he was the points were there. Uh. Now, if I say, what do you think he's going to do in the playoffs? I, if you want a personal opinion, I think the Rangers will beat the Devils in the, in the first round. And I think you're going to get a Jack Hughes within a month after that back at 350. Okay. I got it. So if you know, you know what I mean? You you can, you can definitely, uh, I would, I would keep track of what Jack Hughes is doing because this summer after I, I I don't wish this upon him, but if he loses in the first round to the Rangers, his card will drop this summer and you'll get it at 350. No problem. Um okay. uh if you want another card that's gonna be that was it went up a little bit, but it's always been on the low end of the spectrum, not mm-hmm. very expensive. Um again, it's a personal opinion, but I took a a, a smaller risk, but I, I I bought a few Stuart Skinners. I I think that Edmonton, yeah, Edmonton. If they, if they go to the final, and if they go to the final, you obviously have a fifty percent chance of winning the cup. E- even yes, absolutely, and I and I don't find the West to be that strong. So I think that Edmonton, if Stuart Skinner, if Stuart Skinner plays above average, he doesn't have to be amazing. He just has to be above average. That team can take him far yeah. so Stuart skinner i think is one of those guys that you might you know some guys might want to jump on board um and then you have some older guys um let's go with jack eichel mm-hmm. who people consider to be a superstar or c- woulda coulda you know he's on the some people think he's a superstar some people you know he's had a lot of injuries in his career but this is his first kick at the can uh, at the playoffs. So his card was kind of stagnant for a long time just because he was not, he wasn't doing much, but now he's got new life in Vegas and, and who knows what can be done in Vegas. Um, it depends if you believe or not. I, I, I have a prediction that Winnipeg will beat Vegas in the first round, but so I, I wouldn't go for Jack Eichel, but if you think that Jack Eichel and Vegas could go, at least to the Western Conference Final, yeah. Then, then I think it. I think uh, Jack Eichel is is a good pickup for you. It's it's like playing the stock market. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, so why don't we do this? Let's take four questions for Chris. Four questions for Chris. All right. Question number one, Sammy, bring it up. What's the good Slavkovsky card in this batch from Chris Bergeron? So, okay, so uh, the box that I showed you here. You can pick these up. They're just, uh, they just came out this week. Series 2, 22-23. You have the uh, Uri Slavkowski Young Guns. That's probably your your, uh, your most popular pickup right now. Um, and if you don't happen to get him out of a pack, you can get Gooley or Jackeye also with the... Uh, you also, there's five Canadians in this set. You also have uh, Shuneman and Baddock. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Uh, question number two. 
Chris, do the old hockey cards, complete collections from retailers like Esso Oil, Lipton Soup, or Salada Tea have any value whatsoever? So these are these are a little bit, uh, these sets you see less and less of. I have people stop by and show me their sets, uh, you know, Esso, stuff like that. I, I want to say that they, they've probably been worth, what they were worth back then, they're worth now. They're, they're not... They're not climbing. They're not. They're mm -hmm. not going up at all. But it's like a Tim Horton set. It's just it. It has a value. Um, they made nice cards. So I. I it's something that you might want to keep. Uh, it's not. It's, it's definitely a lot. It's not junk. You don't. It's not. It's not garbage. Yeah. Um, but I don't see it. I don't see you doubling your money anytime soon on that kind of thing. I hear you. All right. Okay. Uh, question number three. Let's go for it. This one coming in from uh, Bobby. How much is Shane Wright's rookie card worth now? Okay, so if it, same thing with the Shane Wright is in that same set as I showed uh, Slavkowski. Yeah, I so I remember on the day one it came out. Some people were selling them for about a hundred bucks, and I believe now that's dropped between sixty and eighty. So right, there's okay. always there's always the day uh, the hype of the the day it comes out. Yeah, and then and then it, and then it's kind of drops, and people with Shane Wright are, are really, it's they're really really uncertain. Like it, like I have I have tons of people that believe, and I have tons of people that think it's a bust, and it's very uncertain with that. Yeah, uh, well, you know the uh, the value of the card is actually consistent with his play right now, a drop in production. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, and the last one. Uh, Matrix is real. Uh, how much was the most expensive card you ever saw? Uh, I go every year to the shows in Toronto where I see in front of me at Boost million dollar card. Uh, you can see uh, there was one last year. It was a rare, very rare. It was the Gretzky rookie, but it was like, uh, I think it was a PSA 9 or or there's two there's two tens that exist in the world, but it was there for a million dollars. There's also uh, now that like this week there was some there was a Justin Herbert one of one pulled uh, from his rookie year, but it just got pulled now. Uh, Herbert's 2020, I believe, and uh, that one of one card was somewhere around the six hundred thousand. So. Yeah, we're, we're we're looking at some big coin. Look, I I I very much believe in investing in cards. If I didn't, I mean, we wouldn't have you on the program uh, because it is an investment, and uh, there are some that are investments that are better than others. Uh, to get a card early on in a player's career, and then watch that player go on to a Hall of Fame career, and you make a lot of money on the card. I mean, that's that's cool. But I mean, why would anyone want to buy a million dollar card, man? If you have a million dollars, buy yourself a revenue property. Yeah, yeah, that's how people see it. But these, the, there's big, there's big collectors that just their million dollars that they have, if they can put it in a card and put the card away in hopes to hope for it to grow, or you know what, even if they only get a million dollars out of it at the end of the, at the end of it, it's. It's it's a hobby, but for it depends. Everyone sees it differently. Uh, some some people are just 
addicted to it. Uh, some people use it for pleasure. Um, like I, I love to do it just, just for fun. I don't, I don't look necessarily at the, the value, but I'm not buying a million dollar card either. Um, I do buy some expensive cards. If I, if I see a potential or someone selling low, I, I'll do it. No problem. But the million, the million dollar cards you have to, it's, there's a very small niche. Um, I say this to people that have $10,000 and more cards. Someone always, you know, says, oh, but this guy has a $20,000 card. Well, okay. But yeah, how many, how many buyers do you have? So I can sell, I can sell $5 cards and I can sell $100 cards all day, every day. But if you have a $10,000 card, you have a $20,000 card, it looks nice in your showcase, but how many buyers do you legitimately have to buy that card? So it's, it's a different business motto. That's all it is. Chris, thanks so much for your time. Once again, letting everyone know that Sport La Tornade is, of course, at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil-Dorion. And, of course, uh, you've been working on your website and a sick code gets you 10% off. Pretty cool. Have fun later on this week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. A shout out to Playground. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, Playground, casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal. If you enjoyed the podcast earlier tonight with Joel Bouchard, former coach of the Blainville uh, Boisbriand Armada and former coach of the Laval Rocket and former coach of the San Diego Gulls, who did a little bit of role-playing. Uh, he's the coach. I'm the Montreal Canadiens player. And what we discussed at the exit interviews, uh, of course, like it, share it with your friends and um, give us a five-star review. If you're listening on Google, Apple, or Spotify, we very much appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, and by the way, it's absolutely free, do so now. All right, okay. Uh, before I break away and I say goodnight, I, uh, I want to show you a video that was taken earlier today, as a matter of fact, off of my smartphone. This is the video I took. I think you're really, it's going to put a smile on your face. Is that everybody? Yeah! Wow. Thank you, guys. This is my name. This is my name. Who wrote the Messi? Did everybody write that? Who, who drew the person? Is that Wyatt? Good job. What's at the end? Is that a butterfly? What is it? Oh, a heart. Wow, thank you guys. Can we look at your drawings too? Where are your drawings? All right, there you have it. Of course, you recognize the face by now. That's Montreal Canadiens defenseman Michael Matheson. That was earlier today. I was uh, I was asked, uh, I was invited actually to St. Gabriel's Elementary School um, in Point St. Charles earlier today at around 10 a.m. Mike Matheson was there. Mike Matheson is an ambassador for uh, an organization, a foundation called Champions for Life 
which empowers children, young kids to actually be active, play different sports, learn different movements, stay active so that they can be champions for life. And um, so, um, you know, uh, David Arsenault uh, is the founder of the foundation, and he's a personal friend of Mike Matheson's. And he asked Mike if Mike would go down to a school and talk with the kids. As a matter of fact, read them, uh, you know, a paragraph from a book, spend time with them, and then, uh, you know, meet up with all the kids in the gymnasium and, you know, answer some questions from the kids, take pictures, sign autographs, all that stuff. And uh, Mike, of course, uh, accepted. And he told Dave, you know what, I'll do it at the end of the season. And, of course, their season came to an end on Thursday night. The Canadian season did. So what does Mike Matheson do on the Monday? He goes down to St. Gabriel's Elementary School in Point St. Charles, and he gives about two hours of his time. And uh, uh, Mike Cohen it, it works for the English Montreal School Board. Mike Cohen reached out to me, and he asked me if I uh, uh, would like to MC the event. Uh, I gladly accepted uh, to spend time with Mike and with the kids earlier today. And so I was with Mike every step of the way there for the entire two hours. And um, I got to tell you, um, I, I've liked Mike Matheson for a long time. It's a long time. I was asking to get him on the Montreal Canadiens. I was over the moon happy when they acquired him uh, in that deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And um, he's a star defenseman. He's a beauty on the ice. And he's a real gem off the ice. And once again, what a move by Kent Hughes to go out and acquire Michael Matheson and bring him home. You should have seen him today with the kids. Uh, and, and you saw there by the, by the video, I mean, just, you know, what it meant to the kids to be with Mike Matheson. But uh, he's in his element. He's in his element with those, those kids, let me tell you. And, uh, you, you know, it's funny because I said to Mike, I said, Mike, it's my second time interviewing you. And I said, you remember the first time? And he looked at me and he was nodding his head. The first time was about 12 years ago, give or take 12 years ago. And he was a sec three or a sec four student at John Rennie High School in Point Clare. He was part of their sport program. And there was a job fair that was going on and stuff. And the radio station had me there. And I interviewed Mike Matheson. And uh, he was chosen by, you know, the head of the sport program or the principal and said, you're really going to want to talk to this kid. This kid's going to play in the NHL one day. And uh, man, were they right. Uh, you know, he's playing in the National Hockey League. So it's my second time interviewing Mike. And, um, you know, when I saw him, and I haven't seen him since he arrived, and I just wanted yeah, Tony, and he said, I, I know who you are, Tony. I listened to your show growing up. And I was a Canadians fan growing up, and I listened to your show growing up. And, and you know, that, that was kind of cool. It uh, made me feel good. And then uh, that's it. And then on the way out, um, we, you know, I walked out before him, but I couldn't leave because his truck was in front of my truck blocking uh, the way. So when he came out, I said, uh, stay at home defenseman here. What are you doing? You're, 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 you're protecting the net. And I said, all right, one quick picture before we go. So, you know, I got my, my picture with Mike Matheson too. So there you have it. There's uh, me and Mike Matheson. Huh? Two beauties, huh? Uh, Mike Matheson, once again, a uh, classy guy. We had a, it was a great day. I know the kids really enjoyed it. And, uh, I spoke to Mike and I said, Mike, I'd like to get you on the podcast. And he said, Tony, I'd love to join you. So it's in the works and, uh, expect Mike Matheson to join us over the next couple of weeks here. If all goes well. All right. 
Uh, he's headed out to Buffalo later on in the week. His wife is from there. He'll spend some time in Buffalo, but I think uh, whether it's before he leaves or while he's going to be there, he's going to join us one night, and I know you're going to be able to appreciate it. Uh, he's he's absolutely fantastic. All right, okay, once again, a reminder, join our NHL playoff bracket. Uh, Agnello and Sammy, if you can, in the chat right now on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live, if you could put the link where everyone can sign up for the playoff bracket, which is absolutely free, you're going to get a link to officepools.com. It's going to be an invite. Once you're going to click on the link, uh, it's going to ask you for your username, and you'll write whatever username you want. And then it's going to bring up a series of pools. Folks, it's very easy. It's the one that's free to enter, and it's the one that's titled NHL Playoff Bracket. So just fill it out. It'll probably take you 20 seconds to do the entire pool of just predictions of who's going to win round one, round two, round three, and who will win the Stanley Cup. And once again, the winner will walk away with some sick swag and will co-host the sick podcast with myself for about 30 minutes at a date to be determined. That's it for me for tonight. Happy playoffs, everyone, even though the Montreal Canadiens aren't there, but at least the Laval Rocket are there. They are. With uh, They're going to play in the next couple of days here, so at least we got that to enjoy. I'll probably see you at some point here in Laval. Have a good night. Tomorrow night, I'll be back. Same time, same place. Eric Engels is our regular collaborator on Monday, but tonight he made way for Joel Bouchard, who could have only made it tonight because he's on a plane for Switzerland tomorrow. Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca will join us tomorrow night. Have a great night, everyone. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.